Welcome. Welcome to Modern Mind. To Modern Mind. Ancient book. Ancient book. Where we together explore one of the most important books in human history. Hello and welcome to another Modern Mind ancient book. We are starting today with the book of Job. And so uh, before we get started though, we're actually just going to talk about a quick breakdown uh, involving the entirety of the Old Testament. There are three major subsections in the Old Testament. The first is the law, or the Torah, which consists of five books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Then you have the prophets, or the Nebiim, and you have the former and latter prophets, and you have the major and minor prophets, and you have the pre-exile, the exile, and the post exile prophets. So pre-exilic, exilic, and post-exilic. These are the former prophets, Joshua, Judges, Samuel, and Kings, and the latter prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and what they call the Twelve. So Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel are the major prophets, and the Twelve are the minor prophets. We'll talk more about that. Um, Just a broad overview today. The last are the writings, or chetubim. And these are the poetic works, the five roles, or the megilot, and the historical writings. So the poetic writings are Psalms, Proverbs, and Job. Then you have the Megillot, or the Five Rolls, and those are the Songs of Solomon, Ruth, Lamentations, Ecclesiastes, and the Book of Esther, or the Roll of Esther. Then you have the historical uh, writings, which are Daniel, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Chronicles. Now, it might be a little confusing because Kings are two books. It has a Ezra slash Nehemiah. And then Chronicles are two books, but that's the Bible that we have. The Jewish Bible is not structured that way. It's structured slightly different. Um, There's not a 1st and 2nd Chronicles. There's Chronicles. There's not a 1st and 2nd Kings. There is Kings. And so, um, yeah, that's the major structure. Law, Prophets, Writings, in the same order. Torah, Navi'im, Chetubim. Law, Prophets, Writings. Then you have in the Prophets, the former, so older, right? The first, I guess, Prophets. And then you have the latter Prophets. And in the latter Prophets, you have major and minor Prophets. And the Prophets are pre-exilic or exile, right? So taken out of the land or in the land, right? Like pre-exilic, they are in the land. Then you have the exilic or exiled, the when they're outside of the land and prophecy is taking place. And by land, we mean Canaan, Canaan. And then you have post-exilic, where they return to the land and they're prophesying. Um, 
And then the only uh, other kind of breakout is the Megilote, which are the five roles. And then you have, in all of this, you have like prophetic writings, you have poetry, you have historical narrative. Um, and so the book we're gonna deal with today is the book of Job, and it is considered wisdom writing. So it's a book that you wanna read carefully and think about. Um, this is also a book that has frustrated many a person. They read it um, and they wonder why it appears that God has given Job to Satan, the adversary. Um, they wonder why it was acceptable that in the story he loses all of his sons and all of his things and all of his daughters to death and destruction and raids and whatnot. Um, I would caution the reader of today that poetic wisdom writing isn't to be taken personal. But first, remember, this is ancient. I mean, this book is patriarchal or pre-patriarchal, meaning 2000 BC plus. So we're talking about 32, 33, 34, 35, 3600 years ago that it was written. It probably existed, well, it did exist, in verbal storytelling format since well before that. Now, how old is this book? Well, it's a hard question because nobody knows exactly how old this scroll is. What we do know is that it got included in what today we call the collection of 66 scrolls in the kind of common accepted orthodox Bible that we use in the United States. In some traditions, they use uh, a Bible that has maybe a few different books or whatever. Uh, but Job is not removed uh, from any of those books. It is accepted in the Hebrew world um, as an inspired, real, poetic, wisdom uh, literature story. So what we have is a book whose title comes from the Hebrew word Yob, which means Yob, like Y-O-B. It's actually spelled um, for the English transliteration, I-Y-Y-O-B. Uh, in Greek, it's Yob. It's Greek. It um, is also from a translation. You know, originally this would have been written in Hebrew, and before that... Uh, maybe Ugaritic, you know, um, maybe it just existed as verbal wisdom literature before then, just passed along by uh, the wise men of the time to the people. Teaching through storytelling 
is something that has existed for a very, very long time. And that's what the book of Job is. It's teaching through storytelling. This is meant to be read or learned and thought about carefully. And I think if you're willing to do that over the years, it gains much more significance as you experience what the world is and what the world is not, as Job learned in his story. So, again, the title is his name. It is in Arabic uh, to come back or to repent. In Hebrew, it's the persecuted one. That's the significance of the name. Um, both are applicable to Job's life. The author of this book is unknown. I believe that this came from Moses's brother, well, father-in-law, I'm sorry, Jethro, the land of Uz is in the same location as the Midianites, where, where, they, where they were. And Jethro was a Midianite. He was also a high priest. Uh, Moses married his daughter, daughters. And so he spent you know a fair amount of time uh, with Jethro. And Jethro actually helped, which we'll talk about later. Moses kind of organized the camp. Um, so yeah, I believe that the book of Job originates um, with Jethro in Moses's life. So, Uz is quite interesting because it's this isn't the only place that the word Uz or the place, the land where Job was from is mentioned. So, Uz is a son of Aram. Uz is a son of Nahor and a nephew of Abraham or Abram. Uz is a son of Dishon, who is a descendant of Seir, who is uh, related to Esau. So it's this same general area. It's before Babylon, and then after this, all these nations formed. And Uz is mentioned. Um, as uh, a land, a place, uh, settled by one of these people who were uh, named Ooze. So, it's the land of Ooze. Now, it could be, and most likely is, south of modern-day Israel. There's also some reason to believe that it might be a little bit north. Uh, in the area of modern-day Syria. However, it looks like Moses encountered Jethro south of modern-day Israel, and that's where he spent his time in the land of the Midianites. And so it appears that that's probably the best location because it seems like this story was passed to Moses from Jethro. And so... Let's say south of modern-day Israel is the location. Now, the 
Book of Job is quite interesting because it's really old. It's pre-Moses by at least a minimum of 600 years. However, it's probably it's probably much older than that even. So, this was given to the first people. The first people to experience this story were probably somewhere around 2000 BC and they were being taught a thing about Job. Job was a great man. He was a big man, a Lugal in Sumerian culture, something something like that. And in his greatness, he also was a pietous man, a righteous man. And he wrestles with the question of how God relates with man and how suffering is a part of man's experience. There is a lengthy, lengthy debate in this where Job is speaking with his friends and his friends are speaking with Job and then eventually his friends are speaking at Job and Job is speaking at them. It becomes very adversarial where his friends came to comfort him, eventually they came to accuse him, and Job does not fail to respond that they really have no recourse to accuse him because he is innocent. And so, there are three known written works that address this issue. There's an ancient Sumerian work entitled Man and His God. And it's about a person struggling to understand the right reason why he is suffering. He complains to God that he does not deserve his problems. He feels neglected and forsaken and he demands an answer. He's confronted by trespass and concludes that his suffering is because of his sin. There's an Akkadian work, I Will Praise the Lord of Wisdom. It's a little bit later work. It's probably around 1440 or 1200 BC. And it's called the Babylonian Job, essentially. It, it's a similar thing, but in this one, it's polytheistic. So he's been forsaken by the gods. He's also forsaken by his friends and his acquaintances. They, um, they accuse him of blasphemy and warn him of destructive judgment. He believes that Marduk can deliver him. So he tries to appease the gods. He complains that the gods are unpredictable. His suffering continues to increase with no hope of deliverance, but he has a series of dreams that suggest he will receive deliverance. He prays for gods to intercede. He acknowledges his sin, which then results in his restoration. 
And there's a third work called the Babylonian Theodicy. Again, this one's later. This is probably about 1000 BC. And it's dialogue between a sufferer and his friends. Um, the sufferer complains to his friends. The friends uh, seek to console him and explains that he set his mind on evil. It's, it's super similar. But his friends attack him and accuse him of blasphemy. And then he hardens his heart. So, you know, these are pretty similar words. This isn't, this isn't a new idea from the ancient world. And like most stories that are uniquely human or um, that have a place in humanity, you're going to find similarities. And so the book of Job is, is just that. What you get here is the opportunity to realize that God allows the righteous to suffer. This causes purification. It leads them to trust in God's righteous judgment. The book is to encourage the righteous people who are suffering to remain faithful because their sovereign God will establish righteousness on the earth. There's a key verse here, and it's Job chapter 2 and verse 10. It says, Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? And also Job 19 verses 25 through 26 but as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. And at the last, he will take his stand on the earth. Even after my skin is destroyed, yet from my flesh I shall see God. So you can see there is suffering and difficulty. But in the end, God's purpose will stand. And those who trust in him shall also stand, not on their own, but before the God who gives them victory. It's kind of the main theme. It's definitely worth a read. It's sort of a long read. You will find themes of suffering, sin, comfort, God's righteousness, self-righteousness. Um, in the Bible, this is the first mention of the adversary or Satan, You'll find blame and the blame game. You'll find unfair chastisement, wisdom, trust in God, and the greatness of God. It is painful affliction that brings spiritual purification. The righteous will reject the wicked. The question of suffering in regards to the innocent is never answered. However, when the righteous suffer, Satan is rebuked. Because it's not the mat a matter of comfort that makes a man worship or love God. It's a matter of his spirit 
calling out to the spirit that made him. It's a matter of man reaching out to the one who created him because he loves him, not because he has things. There is an understanding of human wickedness. Human wickedness plays itself out in the world, even in Job's friends. And in the things that people do. The book is an opportunity for self-evaluation and through suffering, purification. We are not supposed to follow in Job's friend's footsteps, judging the other because they're suffering, i.e. they're sinning, therefore they suffer. But instead, we're supposed to understand that even sometimes the righteous suffer to accomplish God's purpose of purification or changing that person to seek him further and also to put the adversary in, in his place, right? So in this particular book, the adversary comes before God and says, well, no, it's you that protects Job, therefore he loves you. And God instead challenges him and says, well, have you considered Job then? He says, well, yes. And in the end, for all his consideration and suffering, Job refuses to blaspheme God. So that is our survey for the book of Job. Please stick around for the next podcast, and thank you for taking the time to listen. Wish you all the best. Thank you for joining us. Come back soon. Thank you for joining us for Modern Mind, Ancient Book. We hope that the time spent with us was valuable for you. It certainly was for us. Like Isabella said, please come back soon.